Welcome everybody back to the Clear Out Podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. This is your host, Matt Brooks, and I am joined by Alex Sturm. Um, excited to do this with you, excited to catch up and talk about some nets. Alec, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's been a really busy week and, week and a half or a little bit more in Nets world. And I think there is a lot to talk about at this point. So excited to get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a, what a weird season. Uh, I just feel like I kept waiting for things to even out and get normal. And uh, they just like the injury report came out for today's game We're recording uh, Tuesday afternoon um against the Raptors and it's like I don't know if it's ever been longer <laughs> like it's uh what a weird year it just it has just been such a bizarre season from a coverage perspective um that's kind of where I want to start too is like I, I'm starting to really feel for the fans um just not only has this just been kind of a frustrating year the team is in the eighth seed they almost looked locked into the play-in tournament I mean I don't know how they'd get out of that um so this really talented team, they make this trade midway through the year. Things are looking good. Then all of a sudden there's all this additional stuff that happens. The team's now like way at the bottom of the conference. There's like just no information from the team at all. Like I get it. Every team in the league does this. They protect their players. Um, and like, that's kind of one of the new NBA things that I actually don't like. Like I understand as a player, you wouldn't want your medical information out there, but at the same time, it just adds for like so much speculation and you know, well, oh, this is a rumor I'm hearing. It's like, this stuff is going to get out there. So it's just, um, I just feel for the fans um, just right now. It's such an injury prone team and to not have any clarity on anything. It's just a really bad match. Yeah. Speculating on injuries and like secondhand sources is like such a different game than like a trade or a signing. Cause like, you don't know if, cause like the medical staff isn't leaking to anyone. It's all like team management and agents and coaches are saying this and these people are leaking that. And it's just, it's the whole murky situation. That's no fun for anyone. And I'm happy you brought up this thing about the fans because the sport is for the fans, sports for the fans. We know that. And I think it's worth discussing that this season has kind of sucked for Nets fans. I think I can give a pretty good perspective on what it's like to be a Nets fan and this was a really highly built up season. It was, it was billed as like, this is the promised year of the big three. And I mean, we know the big three isn't any, anything any longer, but it's been so much worse than even that, honestly. Yeah. I've been thinking recently, like I, whenever I reference like basketball seasons that, you know, I've only covered so many, but the, the 2019, 2020 year where there was no KD and then Kyrie got hurt pretty quickly. Like that was just kind of a dismal year. And we're like starting to approach that for me. Like from a coverage perspective, it's just been, you know, like the game against Toronto on Monday, it was just kind of like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like we're watching this team get blitzed by 40 and uh, it's just been, it's been weird from a coverage perspective. And I can't imagine being a fan that's like, you know, setting out time what every, every other day and, and being like, all right, I'm going to watch my team. And it's just like, you're watching like Patty Mills run, pick and roll and James Johnson, like try to facilitate offense in, in semi-transition. It's just like, it's just weird. I'm sorry to be such a downer, but I feel like that's kind of the mood. And it's, I, I don't know. I, I think that's an accurate representation of like how things have been. Um, I, you know, I maybe, and I, I, I've said this like every, <laughs> like I say this every podcast, but like soon it's hopefully going to be pretty good. Uh, but right now it's like, it just is a weird, uh, I don't know. It's a weird point of the year. Yeah. I think, I think back to how, how, how I was as a fan, how fans are like, you look forward to these games. They're pretty often, but you look forward to them. You 4 PM, 5 PM rolls around and you're like, Oh, it's almost game time. And I think back to the 2017, 18 season, I think it was when the Nets won like 28 games. And it was one of the first few Spencer Dimity years. It was that first D'Angelo Russell year. He didn't play a lot, but like, even a bad team, you know what you're getting every night with Jared Allen, with Levert, with I think Damari Carroll, maybe. Like, it's consistency is worth a lot. And when this team is beating the defending champions on their home floor one night and then losing 
to the faltering Raptors who were missing two big pieces to their team by 40 points the next night. There's just nothing to look forward to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, and I think it's like a team like the Nets right now. Like I, I say this, I look, I, as people know, I grew up watching the Timberwolves. Um, it is so much easier to stomach a team just being bad and mm-hmm. like just being terrible at, at running a franchise than having a team that has built up hype and then they just never meet it. Like never, they just, they meet it for like one series. So I think for me, I feel for that. Cause even though I'm not a fan of the nets, I'm not really a fan of um, any team. I also, I grew up rooting for a team. I know what it's like. I know what the, the feeling is of like, you're getting excited about every game and like, yeah, losing sucks, but it's just so much different when the expectations are where they are. And this is kind of what we've ended up with. It's a, it's a weird thing this year. And I think of two examples. One, the first thing I think of is that team you just brought up, the first Kyrie Irving year. We knew Kevin Durant was going to be out the whole season. Even though there were some fun rumblings around March before COVID really hit that, oh, he might return, which obviously never happened. It was like this would be a far, like, like, a, like a, I don't know, but it was a crazy long shot. Yeah. So it was always found money that year. And the other thing I think of is the LA Clippers season this year, because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are both hurt, are both hurt long-term and they have a bunch of other guys hurt. I think Norm Powell's out too. And I don't have a super good pulse on the Clippers fan base because it's just not what I'm spending my time with, but they seem pretty aware of the situation and like upbeat about we're going to be excited with the guys that we have now. And if next year's our year, next year's our year. I just, I, Nets fans aren't really on board with that. And I can't blame them at all. Yeah. Cause I remember like you'd, even the games you'd watch, like, sure. Like, was there a whole month where we had to watch like Zana, uh, Musa and, and, uh, I always, I mean, I knew I was going to hey. Theo, Theo Pinson. Got it. Uh, got it for, got it once. Um, like you had to watch that as like the Nets backup pack court essentially. And like, that was rough, but it was also, like that whole year, it kind of, you knew what the, the vibe was. The vibe was like, hey, this is kind of like open tryouts. And like, even though there is that feeling of like, oh, we're waiting till next year, which is like kind of a depressing way to watch a basketball season. Um, there was at least like a goal. This year has just been like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It feels like you're just sort of like hoping time goes by. I think that's the best way to put it. Where like, you're just sort of like, man, if we just watch these next couple games, KD comes back. Like, that's great. So now we just sort of have to like sit here and just, and like not really get anything out of these games that we're watching. It's very bizarre. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but yesterday was like a very weird uh, out of, out of body experience almost. Yeah. And obviously every injury availability situation is different for all of these stars and high profile role players. I'm sure we'll get into it with greater detail later. But the Kevin Durant situation, especially, like, he's just injured. He had an MCL sprain, which is serious, and the Nets can't rush him back. So it's yeah. not really his fault that he needs a few extra games. Like, this is just a normal injury. But obviously, Kyrie Irving is not hurt. Ben Simmons' situation is very murky. Like, yeah, Joe Harris is, is even murkier. Like, these – obviously, Kevin Durant's the most important player on this team. He might be the best player in the league. But that's just a real injury. And I think that's the like the, the straw that broke the camel's back almost for the yeah. injury reports. Well, it's also been that was the easiest one to like stomach in a way because you kind of know what's going on. And like KD is, I mean, the best thing about KD is that KD has like his own media company and he has people that are he's close, you know, like Eddie Gonzalez, who's on Twitter, and like that's like your branch to get information. Like that's an easy source of info they're going to kind of let you know where kd is if you're like in spaces or whatever um or they might he might even go just go on kd's show and be like yeah this is where i'm at um and i think that's really helpful for fans but not everybody is like that in a way uh, not every player is like that i ben simmons doesn't really feel like a net to me at all not yet at least he just kind of feels like somebody who's been on their bench and has worn like some pretty cool outfits it's it's weird because you don't have that like cool connection outfits. yet What'd you say? Yeah. Like pretty cool outfits, but that's it. Like, so, so I don't know. Um, I, I've just been, that's been kind of my line of thought with the Nets this last week um, is just how strange the season is and how we're now, we're now at like what the, I don't know how many games we're at right now. What are we 60 ish somewhere in that ballpark? 
um, we're almost done. Like the season's almost done. And it just like, never, it like never got started. Is that kind of a weird way to put it? It's super, it's bizarre. It, it, both, ne- it both never got started and also started like four different times. Yeah. Like the team could never pick an iteration and we're left here with exactly 20 games left and nothing. I mean, some things to show for it. Cam Thomas is awesome, but like nothing tangible and no, if, if we were to write a playoff preview, me and you, like we did last year, I'm not sure what we would write about. Let me put it that way. I don't, I don't know the strengths. I don't know the weaknesses of this team. It's so bad. Like at least last year, I kind of knew like, I like granted it was weird. The big three never played, but last year I had an idea. I was like, Oh, this team's like, they suck on defense. And they're also like impossible to stop when they have those three together. Like and you just was, it was apparent this year. I'm like, I don't know what the identity is. Uh, Simmons is obviously a huge piece. Um, so, Oh, it's just weird, man. <laughs> I like, I could write a damn good season preview. Like we can look yeah. at them on paper and Ben Simmons is a pretty cool fit, <laughs> but it's not the preseason. We're 20 yeah. games left. They're playing every other night. Like I, we're both struggling because you're at a loss of words with this team at some point. Yeah. Um, and, and like, all right, so let's start doing some of the injury stuff. Right. Uh, look, yeah. but, the Ben Simmons trade happens, right? This is great. They're going to get in Ben Simmons, probably going to take a little bit to get him back. Uh, but at least like this team finally has like something they're set on. There's no more. We're not unsure of like what's going to happen with the team. Uh, and it kind of feels like, all right, we're finally like, I don't know if they have enough games to put it together. We'll see if, if 20 games or so is enough to build chemistry and like figure things out and figure out your identity before the playoffs. Uh, and then it's just like all of a sudden there's this thing that comes out. I think it was Ian, uh, Ian Eagle that, that said it on TNT about this back thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean there's a back? What, what it, why does he have back soreness? And like, I, I get it. Like if it's something he did during his ramp up, that's fine. But it's just like, I just, it was just a weird way to learn about that. I think in a way where it was this, on I don't know, just like on a broadcast thrown out there. And it's just the most Netsy thing ever is to finally look like you're going to have your team. And then mysteriously, the new star player you bring in has this back injury when you really, really needed him out there. Like you really, really needed that guy to get out there and like build up his confidence again, uh, get comfortable with his new teammates. And now it's kind of like, we're just sort of shrugging and being like, I don't know. He could be back next week. Could be back in a month. We don't know. And and not to harp on the earlier point, but like the Nets send out a PR report, like a status report to us before every game. And, and I Eagle isn't a team doctor. He got this information from something about the back. The, like the Nets fans deserve to know about the back. We're told that Simmons is out for return to competition reconditioning, which is the most vague term I've ever heard. Steve Nash insisted that all was left was reconditioning until someone else broke that there was a back situation. It's one thing to not give timelines to protect your players. It's another thing to do your job of being open about injuries, like to not do it, to make someone else do it for you. Yeah. And like, don't like, like don't gaslight fans. That's the weird thing for me where I'm just like, it just, I don't know. Um, It's just been, uh, the, the Simmons thing is like, it's peak nets it's peak nets with injury um for it to come out so almost like an accident it kind of almost felt like that shouldn't have come out on that broadcast and all of a sudden there's like a ton of reporting and the team's like yeah you tweaked it and it's just like wait why why are we learning about it in this way where it felt like we kind of weren't supposed to know about it um which i think fits with the nets you know like when Kyrie tested positive that team was doing everything they could to make sure that information was not going to get out everything, literally everything. And it's just like, I get it. Like it sucks, but I do think there needs to be like a sense of honesty about these things when you have fans. Well, well, they announced that he was in the health and safety protocols. Yeah. But the morning of like, they were really trying to like not do it. And I'm pretty sure it was uh, pretty sure it was Shams who broke it. Pretty sure. 
I know they were I trying. I, I were trying to make sure. I know no, they were. It, it was. It wasn't broken. Like it was known by by some insiders, but they they said that he was in health and safety before anyone else. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure an insider broke it. Regardless, I just I know that okay. I know they were trying to keep it in health. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I uh, which obviously wasn't gonna work. That was never gonna work. Um, but the, I don't know. It's like this weird. It feels kind of. Dis, a little dishonest and i think from a fan's perspective like you should be upset with it's like some of this stuff i'm like you know what like we probably don't need to ask uh nash every single game about certain guys injuries when it's like it's an ankle sprain you know what i mean like well apparently not because there's joe harris but um for the most part uh we probably don't but on some of these, I'm like, yeah, like I honestly, I don't blame fans for wanting to know about this, like literally every single po- possible opportunity that it can be asked because it's, there's no information, like there's just none. So, and the same thing with like Joe Harris, another great example, speaking of the ankle sprain, um, this ankle sprain that turns into a surgery that's now turned into like, I, we don't know if he's playing, is he getting a second surgery? It's just, I don't know. It's, I feel like there was a better way to handle that. Yeah, well, we we both know that the Nets aren't the Nets' mindset towards PR and whatnot is not super available, and they're not trying to give access to everything, which is fine. They're a conservative team, which is an acceptable stance to have. But what's not acceptable is what they've done with these injuries, and just been vague and mistruthful with their fans and their public and the people who invest in them. And I think about those people that like were at the Sean Marks um like season ticket holder meeting well like a week or so ago like what are what are they getting from from any of this yeah and you're like a team a newish team that's trying to build out a fan base it's like this i is, don't know this is real shit like, yeah this this is the real shit for fans and people put how- money down on these games like they put money down on tickets and stuff like that like i i would i would feel a certain type of way if i'm being honest like i really would and like i get it it's new nba uh, that's one of the many, th- like, I like a lot of things about player empowerment. I understand you wouldn't want your like health information out there, but I also think this is also like a really hard thing that not just like, this isn't like a being like, a, cause some of the stuff with player empowerment, I'm like, I don't care if like an owner feels upset that somebody yeah, forced yeah. off this team, but when it's like fans that I know, like, you know, it's varying levels of, uh, wealth and income or putting down money on these games. It's kind of tough. It's like, all right, this is like. I, I feel a little bit bad, I think, in a way. And just the general, because, you know, we're both on Twitter. Like, we see how people are feeling um, and, and how you can kind of see them tweeting through it. Uh, it just sucks. I feel bad. I don't like to see people like that. I, from, from everything I've seen today and, like, what people tell me when I say, oh, yeah, all of these players are out tonight. Like, this has to be one of the least, like, the least invested the fan base has been in years. In the, in, the, in the team from a night-to-night basis. Like, there's, there just isn't a soul who cares about what James Johnson is going to be doing, bringing the ball up 30 times tonight in Toronto. I, I, don't, I don't think. All right, we had to take a brief pause because uh, a, a car was getting towed outside of my house, and I don't know if they could have done it in a noisier way. I'm sure some of you guys heard that. Uh, so sorry about that. Um, but we're going to talk about some of the newer players. I, I just don't think I've like, I honestly don't know if I've tweeted or r- certainly written. I don't, I've done any video work. I haven't even talked about them on my new pod or on this podcast, um, just about Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and like how they've looked so far. Um, so yeah, I want to bring you on and get your thoughts. That was one of the big reasons I want to get you on today, other than to, I guess, complain about this franchise um was was kind of get your thoughts so we'll start with Seth Curry like what have you thought of him so far I I think I don't think you can't not be I've been impressed with Seth Curry to to put it simply like and and honestly to talk about them both quickly with how they play together Seth and Andre Drummond seem to have good chemistry that I think in Philly and like you see, you see Andre Drummond will have some open space in front of him and will immediately flip it to Curry. Curry's done a good job of playing catch and shoot, of hitting like timely momentum shots. He's he's shot well from deep. He's run pick and roll, not that often, but like a fair enough amount that he's carried the low that probably should be his, if we're being honest here. And I think he's looked good enough in that floater mid-range game too. So really been impressed with Seth Curry. 
the result of games notwithstanding. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've liked Seth. I, it's hard not to. Uh, the shooting is real. Like, I mean, he's just been like better Patty, honestly, which I think has been huge for the Nets so far. Uh, you know, I, I like that he takes it to the rim. I'm not sure he's like a great rim pressure guy. In fact, I know he's really not a great rim pressure guy, but I've, I've liked kind of what I've seen from him in terms of that he's a little more three level. Um, that stuff is is what you need him for. And I, I'm just envisioning him as more of a second side guy is so enticing um, because I think he's really, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know if there's a player on the team that's going to thrive more, you know, with, with Kyrie and Katie than, than Seth. It, it just, it feels like that's going to be something that you can use him a lot and, and make plays there uh, from there. But um, yeah, no, I've liked him. I, the defense is like, it is what it is. It's okay. I think Patty's probably a little bit of a better defender. Um but uh, yeah, I, I, he's been really good. Like I, he's one of those players that I watch and I don't really have any like complaints because he's just really solid. Like that's kind of what he is to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you caught this last night in the first Raptors game. I don't know if he was experimenting with it or if it was just because like they're so long and we know how that team is built with so many forwards, so many defensive minded guys. He was experimenting shooting kind of without a dip. He would catch the ball high and release it high without coming down too much. And it did go too well. I don't think he hit one like that. But to have a kind of shooter in the Nets repertoire, obviously you guys like Joe Harris and Patty Mills, but Joe Harris is out for a prolonged amount of time. Patty Mills has been burned out for obvious and understandable reasons. To have a next up shooter like Seth Curry has been huge for this team and should be huge for the rest of the year. Yeah, the only thing I get worried about is that you have two guys with him and Patty that are like, I think length can bother them a little bit. That's the thing I've noticed with Patty all year um, is a, if you run him off the line, it's pretty, uh, could be a little yeah. bit of a mixed bag. Um, you don't want Patty Mills taking pull-up threes. I don't, and I don't think Seth's numbers from pull-ups are great either. Although I, I trust him a little bit more in that category, but I, I, you know, that's, those are two smaller shooters in a way. So I think that's my only reservations with that. But at the end of the day, like that's like such a small anecdote that like likely will not matter. Like it just, it won't like you get into the playoffs and like you have guys that can make threes and space the floor. Like that's all you really need. Those guys are just going to open up things for your stars and your stars can kick to them from there. So um, I, I, I think it's a really smart pickup. Um, it'll be nice. I mean, I keep, here we go again with the what ifs, but there, there's a world where if you maybe get Joe Harris, even at 70%, Patty Mills, Seth Curry, along with your two, your two stars. And I don't, we'll see about Simmons. Um, that's just like, that's a lot of dynamic shooting and, and creation and um, just a lot of offensive pressure. And I actually think more than last year. Yeah. And I think we'll be like pleasantly surprised what, what Seth Curry can do creating for himself and others, actually, like when he has to once or twice a game, when he is like the fourth bet, the opponent's fourth best perimeter defender on him. I think you can see some, some nice plays in those situations. Obviously, he's not in the position to do that right now, but down the line, he should be able to. Yeah, um, he's solid. I, I, I don't really have any complaints. Uh, he's just a great, just a really high-end starter. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by Drummond. Um, that's the one that I'm like, I'm just intrigued by him. You know, he's, he's got really, really good hands, has for a while, which gives you a little more scheme versatility than, you know, say, uh, Blake Griffin or LaMarcus Aldridge you can just do a little bit more than with him because even though he's not like really moving around the court he's just got such good hand eye that he's able to kind of blow things up that way I think he had a couple um there may be one I remember one or two yesterday where he just had a couple like got a hand on the ball offense need to reset and that matters like you're taking off shot clock um so I liked him in that way and then just in terms of what he can do defensively I think he's been a little bit better I, I don't know what the best use for him is that's my only preservation he is uh they've mentioned his conditioning a lot and i i don't think he's like a center that feels like he should be playing 35 minutes it, i don't get that feeling at all it seems like he's best used in smaller spurts but i could be wrong about that it's a little early for me to say that yeah i i noticed the conditioning stuff especially in those first few games like pre-all-star but i think he's been kind of fine run the floor since 
And 35 minutes is a lot, I agree. But if you're giving him like 24, 28 minutes with with the with the, the full team back theoretically, I think you're in pretty good shape. Drummond is the definition of a mixed bag. One night he'll have five assists, 15 rebounds, and some like weird through contact finishes at the rim and some good vertical defense. The next day he'll have like nine rebounds, but a lot of turnovers and will miss six free throws. But yeah. The upside is there. The talent is there. The weird mobility that shouldn't exist is there. So I think I think he is um, he's a real piece. Yeah, I think he's a real starting center for a good good team. Mm. I was going to ask that. Like, do you think do you think that's somebody you feel comfortable with uh, as a starter? He's like he's like the leader of a center by committee type of situation. That makes sense. He's I need first- to see more. I, I that's the only thing I worry about is like I just want to see what it looks like you know, after a certain number of games where he's playing this many minutes. That's the only thing I'm a little worried about. He's just a big dude. Like, damn, that's, he's a big dude, man. Yeah. I know he looks light on his feet here, but I just want to see what it looks like at the end of the year or when you get in, like, you know, because the schedule is brutal. I mean, there's a lot of back-to-backs in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it, I, that's the only thing I'm watching for. He's questionable tonight with knee soreness, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he turned his knee a little bit. Yeah, and he he played through that all night last night. I would be surprised if he rests today just because you might as well. Um, I'm not too worried. I, I guess you can be. But at a certain point, the, the health is such an asterisk with the next anyway. I, I don't see the reason to, to go out on that ledge for another player. Well, the maybe, only... Th- maybe that's a bad thing. But- no, no, no. I mean, I think, like, the the good part is like the one position that the nets don't have injuries is center. They have like yeah. five center, like Nick Claxton is Nick Claxton just plays garbage time. Now is that where we're at with Nick Claxton? I, 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 words aren't coming because what? I, I mean, I get it. Uh, like, Vaughn put Blake Griffin in the game, like six minutes in last night. I was yeah. Like, what? Like Blake's been fine. Don't get me wrong. But Nick Claxton, like, posterized LeBron James on Christmas. Nick Claxton was, like, looked like the second coming of, like, Bam Adebayo last year. Like, all yep. year last year. I'm, I'm not really sure what the Nets think they don't have here. I also hope Darren Sharp gets sent to the G League pretty soon because he's calm. <laughs> uh, they've got five centers. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make your life interesting. Um, yeah, I uh, – I, I, I don't know. It's, I, I mean, like, I think all of your guys are kind of best used in short spurts. Maybe, maybe Drummond can do a little bit more. So it feels like there should be room for, for Nick. Like this isn't like a team where you have like, Oh, we have this really start. Like, let's say they had uh Yaka Pertle. Like, let's say they had him. That's a guy where you're like, I want him out there. Well, maybe not because the free, show, free throw shooting, but you want him out there for a good segment of the game. Like they don't really have like that dude, I would say. Um, so it's weird that they are they don't have more room for somebody like Nick. And then, you know, we'll see how it affects some of their other guys. I don't know. Very weird. It's it's the rotations have been really strange this year. I, I agree. There's a reason we all thought and expected Nick to get moved in those final hours before the trade deadline. And there was a, and that's the same reason we all thought it was freaking wild that they didn't move him. Because because he doesn't really fit. No, he does fit, but they they're not fitting him in is the issue. I've been thinking about Drummond and Simmons's theoretical fit on the floor together. I think we both were pretty low on that at first, and I think I'm a little more optimistic thinking about Drummond, who's a who's a jumper. He could really use a weak side guy, another defender like Ben Simmons to help him out. I think Nick Claxton fits in that role too, as a secondary guy. I don't know. Next Andre Drummond on the floor gets really tough on offense. And I don't know if the Nets have the requisite like offensive talent from a guy like Kevin Durant on the floor. Kyrie Irving only plays half the games. But I, I still think there's something there for Nick Claxton. I really do. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've given up a little bit. I, I kind of think it's done. I, it's a shame they didn't find a better situation for him, though. Do you know? Do you think they're tanking his value to get him to a good, nice little qualifying offer this summer? No, I don't. Th- I don't think they would do that. I think that's no. insane. I think they just didn't 
I don't think they hit on a deal. Um, which is well, which is very. The Raptors, apparently, the Raptors wanted him. And we well, he would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> would have been freaking. That's what. Yeah, Ken I, Birch, Nick Claxton, like. Yeah, yeah. I, I. It's a shame because they could probably play him with Precious, maybe. Uh, well, yeah, I, last night's Precious certainly. Goodness gracious, <laughs> did miss. <laughs> my thing with centers is when you have old centers and you have veteran minimum centers in which they have three that fall into that category. Like your like cupboard of centers can get empty really quickly. Yeah. Does, does Drummond not walk in free agency a la Jeff Green? Does LaMarcus Aldridge not look 15% worse next year? Yep. Is Blake Griffin an NBA player? <laughs> and then you have Daron Sharp, who's awesome, but I'm sorry, he's still a work in progress. And you have Nick Claxton. And I guess you have some first round picks here in the center market. Congrats you with Miles Turner. Like, nah. yeah, well, like you didn't even develop Nick this year. Like what he no. didn't. So, so like, it's, I would, I wouldn't come back if I was Nick Clax. I'd be like, no, I'm good. Like I didn't, I didn't play this year. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can like play or at least feel like I can play and compete for a spot. Um, like, cause if they were doing that, if they were like, let's tank his value, we're going to, you know, he's going to have a big role next year. But they, but they're not even giving him any minutes to like prepare for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're doing that. I just saw that floating. I was gonna ask you. What'd you say? I don't think they're doing that. Um, but someone, someone asked me if I thought that they were. So I wanted to mm. ask you. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. Um, <sighs> yeah, very weird. Um, what other thoughts do you have on the Nets right now? We're this is very loose. If, I, if everybody can't tell, we're, me and Alec haven't talked about the Nets. I feel like I've been talking about the Nets to like anybody. I worked on that Simmons video last week and I kind of just like, it was like I was just in a lab with no light or anything like that. And I just focused on this video and then I came outside and I was like, oh my God, I forgot there was a basketball team that, that, this, that this guy's playing for. So what other thoughts do you have on the Nets right now? I'm not going to enjoy this conversation, but I'm sad about Patty Mills. Like, oh, yeah. I think we all, this, this, we saw this coming. It makes sense. And no one can blame him for God's sake. Like, do not do that. If for, for anyone who's wondering, Patty Mills has lost the ability to shoot the basketball, and it's because he's given no space and has to create for himself, which is his biggest weakness on offense by far. And it's just, it's hard to watch. And we all know why it's happened because of the offensive load he had to endure for the entire season, even with a guy like James Harden on the court, even with Kyrie Irving playing rarely. Patty Mills had to had to really carry a load, especially for that bench unit. It's funny. He said he wanted to be FIBA, FIBA Patty, but I don't think he meant like this. I don't think he wanted to be the star. Oh man. I think, I think there's a reason like the world cup or Olympics is like two or three weeks or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was actually, it was weird watching his film. Um, when I was doing this film study thing last year, the scouting new net series that I've now done, I guess on Simmons, um, I, it was really hard to pick out games to like get a good feel for him because it was very similar to this year where he was just like shooting the shit out of the ball for the first two months, like just wasn't missing. And then the final two months, it's like the guy couldn't like, he, it looked like he couldn't get any space. Defenders were crowding him more. Um, it just was like, just looked a little more sluggish. Uh, it was really weird to put that together because I'm like trying to get, I'm like, wait, which guy is it? It's kind of hard to tell. Um, these are like two different players and it's strange. It's not strange. Really. He's already surpassed his total minutes um, to last year in about the same amount of games. Um, and then in terms of his minutes per game, he's just playing like by far a career high. So uh, it's not surprising. He's going through the same thing, but I'm worried like, man, you really don't want to like, I just don't remember watching a player that's just looks burned out. I don't know. Can you remember that in previous seasons? I'm trying to think of like all the teams that I've watched. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I don't, I mean, there's certain stars that have looked that way. Like Harden kind of looks that way, I guess, um, in Houston, you, but it's you strange thought, for a role player. And sometimes you get it. Like you think of like Kevin Durant or LeBron James, like with their crazy 50 point playoff performances and not having anything in overtime. Like that's mm -hmm. what I think of for Burns. Yeah. A single game. Patty Mills is just, I mean, he's, he's old and he's done this for a long time and this is what he's good at, but at a certain point it takes a toll on you. Yeah. And yeah, no, um, it's, uh, 
I don't know. It's, it's, it's been, it's just been weird for me as somebody who coming into this year, I said, man, uh, he really burned out at the end of the year last year. They just need to be mindful of that. And then for us to kind of go through the same movie, except like the movies being sped up twice as fast, <laughs> like the tapes flying out of the top of the, the what I'm, I'm sounding so old, like describing a, a video set, but uh, like, it's just, it's just been a mess. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't get the reference. Um, no, you shouldn't. Not, not, not to rip Patty. Cause I don't want to, I, I wonder if he's gone in his head a little bit about snapping out of it especially since he's been such a big part of this team all year. He's like, I need to be here for my guys. Like I am Patty Mills. I've been a serious part of this team. Cause I think his shot selection has gotten significantly worse. Um, during this slump, there's a little, there was like a baseline long two yesterday off one foot off like one dribble that was just like off to the side of the rim, which is not mm-hmm. a Patty Mills miss because it's not a shot he should and can really take. Right. So these like long twos at the top of the key, where he's like naturally fading because it's the only way he creates space. They go in like more often than you think, and it's a nice surprise, but you can't convince me it's like a consistent shot that should be that we should be seeing all year. I'm just not buying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it it feels like a guy who's trying to snap out of it really badly and and kind of doing whatever it takes. So we're gonna transition on into a new another new net that I'm realizing now we should have talked about. Uh Goran Dragic. That's right. I nailed the pronunciation. I looked it up on YouTube. I feel good about that. I had to get it right for my video. I actually got yelled at that last year when I was doing my free agency preview. Somebody was like, Hey, you pronounced the name wrong. And I'm like, Yeah, that's like my thing. You know, it's not a good thing, but it's it's something I've had some issues with. So I'm happy I looked this up, you know. Uh so yeah, let's talk about Goran. Um what, what have you what have you thought so far? Goran Dragic nailed it. Um, <laughs> was, I think he was, well for first off, just from the signing, I think it was a great move for the Nets. There isn't much debate there. They waived Javon Carter, who I was high on coming in a year, and he underperformed, and that's and it was the right move on that part. He theoretically, not theoretically, he has added another ball handler, another shooter. He had a really long three last night against the Raptors. Um, and he's been a guy who can create offense in spurts, and that's really what they've needed in these games, like facilitary guys, like score five in a row in the beginning or the end of quarters, while someone like Kyrie Irving and sooner or later Kevin Durant does like the main lifting. And I think Dragic is another option. Dragic is another option there. He's also like still a pretty solid playmaker. He can get downhill and pick and roll at a good enough like at a good enough frequency for his age I'd say and for Nets bigs like Andre Drummond who's going to catch a lot of wild things coming at him and is a generally wild player I think you're fine there and LaMarcus Aldridge one is pick and pop that's pretty chill <laughs> you can throw it away from the defense I trust Goran Dragic in both those situations pretty completely just like having a guy that can run pick and roll is like such a luxury that's where we're at right now just literally a guy that you know can come off the screen and is going to get downhill. And I actually, I've thought he's looked like decently, decently zippy. He hasn't looked like quick. I mean, he's never been like a lightning quick guy, but he comes off and you're kind of like, okay, I feel like something good's going to happen here for the most part, which is just nice. <laughs> like this is, this is not disclaimer. This is not about talent, but he's kind of the hardened replacement, like just a little bit. He's well, yeah. The guard. Who, who gets like downhill and like passes, passes a lot. Yeah. He's obviously not, not that good and will never be again, but I, he's definitely filled a hole for them. And I think the signing two, three games in has worked out two games in has worked out just about as well as you could ask it to. Yeah. Just somebody that can take care of the ball uh, just in the meantime. And like I, I, a guy that actually makes a little bit of sense once you get everybody back, I don't know how big his role is going to be. Like, I don't know if that's a guy that you're leaning on a ton in the playoffs. Like maybe, maybe he is, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think he might be. He could be, could be. I mean, if you want to run like multiple ball handlers out there, cause you know, I mean, people, I've heard some, I've heard some people say that this team has like a lot of on ball creation. And I agree. Like I think Kyrie and KD, I don't know what to do with Simmons. I, I just don't. I, just, I, I have no idea what you qualify his creation as. He's more of like a get out and transition and make plays, but you're also 
there's a reason he's in the dunker spot in the half court. Like he's not a guy that's like running pick and roll, unless it's like a snug pick and roll next to the rim. Um, So having Drogic is actually going to be really important because then after that, after you go from KD and Kyrie, which again, like those guys should have a lot of the possessions. um, Then what it was going to be Seth, like it was going to be Seth or somebody like that. That's running pick and roll, which is fine. Like he's, he's shown that he can do that. He did that last year um, in the second round against Atlanta, did a pretty good job of it. So that's fine. But now you have like a real deal point guard. He's played the position forever. It's, it's definitely, it's just a nice, nice thing for them. I'm just, I'm just wondering, cause he's older. That's the only reason why I'm like, I don't know how big his role is going to be um, depending upon who you play in the playoffs. Is that a guy that gets targeted? Um, you know, and can they survive with him and can he hold up physically? Yeah. I think those are fair worries. I think, I think he will be compared to Patty a little bit in that sense. And like, do we need the off ball shooting more or the on ball creation and still a little bit of shooting and which player could hold up defensively? I think Petty was a little better. He's also smaller. So at a certain point, <laughs> how good you are doesn't really matter if you're that small. Um, shout out to Steve Nash for the, for the Dodgers signing. I think he deserves some prop. It's not like, like it was entirely to his credit that it happened mm-hmm. so I think of coach who we've given like some credit we've we've criticized a good amount and the fan base has definitely criticized a good amount pulled in big time on that one agreed agreed um yeah he's just he's solid uh let's talk about Cam Thomas and we'll close this thing out um I have like I mean who hasn't liked what Cam Thomas has been doing I've, I've enjoyed the change of pace you can tell he's kind of reading the game a little bit better um the passing I think has been good since like the turn of the new year. Um, he's really, he's got this like pass where he'll, he'll drive and then he'll be, he'll find the corner guy. He's got this like little wrap around where he comes around kind of, kind of funny enough, like Steve Nash, where he goes underneath the basket and makes that read to the corner guy. And since then he's kind of expanded from there. So um, I've been really impressed with him. Uh, the shooting is obviously trending uh, upward. Well, well, it's still a little bit of a work in progress for me because of the mechanical stuff, but um, I've just, I've liked him. He showed a lot of poise and he's just like, to be honest with you, like he's actually given the game some excitement (laughs) and like that right now matters. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one big thing with Cam is we were kind of, as I at least was kind of waiting for the downhill, the at the rim stuff. I watched a bunch of him in summer league. I I did a little bit of his college game and he just wasn't really getting to the basket very often yeah. at the beginning of the year. He was settling a lot. I Maybe he wasn't used to the physicality from the defenders. And now he is making a point of getting downhill. And another thing I really like that he's improved on is once he gets to the rim, you could tell, you could tell at the beginning of the year, he got blocked a lot. I don't have a stat to, to back this up, but I felt like he was just kind of shit, like absolutely smacked at the rim. And he is making those last second adjustments to use his body to shield himself away from the defender, just to change his arm angle at the last second. And I think even after like the change of direction and the change of speeds, he's also making those last second finesse adjustments. I think his handles improved since the beginning of the year. I was, I was not sure what I thought of his handle to start. And that was kind of like the limiting thing for, for me with him, where it was like, you know, a, he's not making catch and shoots. So then you kind of have to hope he gets run off the line because he can like dribble into that 10 foot range. It's just kind of the kind of what he was. Maybe that was utilization. I don't know. Uh, but now it's, I, I just feels like he's a little looser and able to mix in hesitation moves um, in a way that I think is actually productive. He's not just like flashing a hesitation move to, you know, not for show, but like in a way that isn't totally effective. Like it, it, it seems like he's really leveraging space with the stuff that he's doing. Would you agree in saying that like his confidence, which he's obviously had all year, is more like tempered now? I feel yeah. like I haven't like been like, what the hell is that? Even among like a bunch of made shots at him in a while. Well, he hasn't hit a perpendicular shot in a while, which I kind of missed. Those shots were hilarious. Like for the first <laughs> the first month of Cam Thomas. I just, I feel like he kind of gets who he is on this team. And who yeah. he is is a, is a player who, when you're hot, keep shooting, keep going. We're going to need you. But he understands that he's not, like, in the summer league. And, and I think his shot diet reflects that pretty well now. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think he's figuring it out. Um, 
I think he'll be a playoff guy. I, I do. Um, I think he could be a really good playoff guy. Um, the more I watch, the more I'm kind of like, this feels like a guy that swings a playoffs game. I don't know how many, but it definitely feels like they're going to get a, a Cam Thomas game. It's going to be like game, it could be a game four, a game three or something like that in the remember, second remember round, if they when, get there. Remember when Cam Reddish had a game for the Hawks yeah. in the conference finals? I bet you could see that. And I think Cam Thomas is a lot better than Cam Reddish. Yeah, I mean, or it could even be like on a, I don't, there, like there's so many, the guy you just profiled had a huge game. Uh, uh, Thaw Maker had a huge game for Milwaukee, I think in the first round. Like it happens every year. You get a young guy that like plays really well and like hits big shots. And like Cam, I think is, he's just really talented. Um, I don't, I don't know how high we can go. Can we go as high as like, can he have like a Tyler Hero like series? That like the no, Tyler Hero I had. So. I think he could drop like twenty two twice in a series. I I, I think it's I I think it could, I mean, yeah I he's he can he's still he's a rookie he still has games where he's inconsistent but I, I I'm I think the sky is the limit with him I'm really high on him and I like I like what I've seen so he's gonna be a nice piece for them it's just another guy I mean if this team again if they ever get on the court they have so many different weapons and I think the team fits really well together but. That's me also giving you a season preview. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think well, who they've been since the deadline. It's like, it's an interesting, fun basketball team, which I've missed watching. And I still haven't gone to watch for a while, by the way. Hey, Nets, if you're listening, um, you're still not all that great. Um, like this team has pieces and they have something to analyze. And they have a lot of questions and questions are fun. Questions are why we watch the games to answer those questions. One of the guys that I've had a lot of questions about all year is Bruce Brown, who's been a lot better since that trade deadline has passed, which confused me at first because Bruce Brown's a guy whose success was very much due to James Harden's gravity and pick and roll manipulation last year. And he struggled a lot this year, even with Harden on the team. Now he's, and now Harden's gone. Bruce seems to be striving in that Swiss army knife role. I don't know how much he'll be able to play that Swiss army knife role, when it comes to the postseason, once a guy like Ben Simmons, who's like the super Swiss Army knife guy, is back. But I think there's still a place for him above someone in rotation like James Johnson. Yeah, Bruce's been, uh, Bruce been interesting. Um, yeah, the shooting is – I don't know. Do you buy the shooting yet? I need a – I need a like – Like just a little bit. Yeah. It's only from the corners. So like small, small buy. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, he's not like a Bembry where the free throw shooting is like at what is he like 50, 60% where I'm like, all right, this is, this is feasible. I could see that being a thing. I'd be curious what they're going to do with Bruce. I mean, if he continues to play like this, I think you actually do think about bringing him back, which is fascinating because he kind of bet on himself and like be interesting if he wins that. The other thing I think we both kind of know this a little bit. They were, there were some murmurs about what Bruce Brown was going to look like without James Harden within the nets. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. So it's been interesting to see like, Hey, turns out that guy's like actually just a good basketball player. Like not everything is, you know, relying on your stars. Uh, so I think that was, this, it's been kind of fun to watch in that way. Cause we it just, I don't think the nets were sure. I don't think the nets were sure about Bruce at all. Even after the year he had last year. I, and, I don't think so. either. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they didn't get brought back. Like there's a reason why he took the qualifying offer. They just weren't sure. They weren't like, you know, we, it wasn't just that they were like, oh, these floaters went in at a higher frequency. I just think they weren't sure like what he would look like not on this team. And it turns out he's a basketball player. Like he can play with a variety of different teams. Like the way he's playing right now, I think if he can continue over a larger sample is reason enough to be like, we should believe in Bruce Brown, the basketball player, because this guy can play with a variety of different lineups. He's not just dependent on you know James Harden in the pick and roll or whatever. Yeah, totally. Another thing with the, with the shooting and whether or not it's real, I don't think he's a 35, 36% guy from deep just yet, but as bad as the floaters have been this year, they were still really good last year and touch around the basket. And in that floater range has been historically a pretty good indicator of like raw shooting ability. So I think there's reason for slight tempered optimism there. Yeah. I think he's drew it. He's doing another regression in the other direction at the rim. I think, mm-hmm. I think next year you'll probably get a little bit of a better, I don't know if he'll ever shoot as well as he did in the year with no fans, but um, yeah, I don't think he's this bad. And the other thing with like the nets being like, hold on, is he good again this year? I'm sure they looked to shop him at the deadline. There was no reporting on that, but they'd be silly. They were silly not to, they would have been silly not to is that like, 
the thing you highlighted this early in the year in a video with him and Bembry. He was a really good perimeter defender to start the year, and he was playing great in drop coverage as the guy chasing ball, chasing ball handlers on the screens. And then he regressed in that area. He was not as good on defense. He was committing a lot of dumb fouls. And now he's not committing the dumb fouls, at least. Like, he's back to being Bruce Brown, who was a good, not stellar, but good defender. Yeah, I, I think he's a... Uh... I, I can, I get the sense. It's a mental thing where you're like, all right, trade deadlines over. I don't feel like I'm going to get like, I'm not going to have to move cities in the middle of the year, which is like a very stressful thing that we don't think about with a lot of this. Um, so I, 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 I get the feeling watching me just to, he seems a lot more free. Seems a lot more like he's not like counting his days um, yeah. to when he might, might not be a Brooklyn net anymore. Uh, so I think that's helped. I think that's been a big thing. It's, it's good to see. I mean, Bruce is, Bruce was like my second favorite player to watch last year behind Claxton. Um, I just, I loved watching him. I loved everything that he brought. Uh, so it's nice to like get a sense of that again. He's such a fun, unique player. Um, and he, and he's, I really, it feels like a lot of the time he's like the heart of the team. Um, yeah, just sure. with, with his passion that he brings. So, um, what do you, what do you got to plug? I just wrote a pretty big piece on Nets Daily about Thon Maker, Thon McCurr, actually. I, yes. I, I learned that through the, through the research. Thon McCurr, who is both a Sudanese, Australian basketball player. You might remember him from the 2016 NBA draft, 10th overall by the Milwaukee Bucks. He's now on the Long Island Nets, the Nets G League team, and he's doing some interesting stuff there. There was a lot of good storytelling, I thought. He's had a very interesting basketball journey abroad, reunited with some of those Australian guys in Long Island. I think there's some there's some interesting stuff there that I checked out. So I appreciate if you guys read that. Definitely check that out. Check out anything Alec does. Follow Alec on Twitter uh, at Alec underscore Sturm, S-T-U-R-M. Uh, you can follow me, Matt Brooks MBA on Twitter. Changed my picture and it really threw people off. So hey, <laughs> sorry about that. Picture. Dude, it's I'm, yo, it's my, it's my hot boy winner picture. No, I, I, cha- I, ch- it's weird. So this is, this is kind of why I hate, this is such a brief tangent. This is kind of why I hate social media, like, and hate being on social media is I changed my picture. Cause I was like, dude, this photo is like three years ago. Like I'm, I look like a baby in this photo. So let me, let me change this. And then the day of, I was like, wait, are people going to recognize me? Like, are people going to know it? And I'm like, why do I care about this? Like, I just change your photo. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Oh it's become associated this stupid photo of me and Garrett Temple, which is like, it's like three pixels. That photo wasn't even in focus is like become associated with my brand. It's so weird, man. I didn't know that that player was Garrett Temple. No one, no one listening to this podcast knows who we're talking about. I didn't know that player that was Garrett Temple until like a year in of you having that picture. Like, that's Garrett Temple. Yeah, it's Garrett. That's how long, that's how that should tell you how long I've needed to change my photos. The fact that Garrett Temple was in my picture. Like, no, I got to change my photo, man. <laughs> Social media is so dumb. I can't believe I work on that stupid app. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Alec, for coming on. If you have not already subscribed to The Clear Out, uh, please do so. Apple Pods, Spotify, wherever else you get pods. And again, talk to you guys next time.